You're listening to the College Info Geek Podcast, where it's all about learning more, paying off your student debt, landing your dream job, and being awesome at college. Now, here's your host, Thomas Frank. So over the past month, I have been completely addicted to the Assassin's Creed games. And if you look at my impossible list, you'll see that there's a lot of new goals on there. And I will admit that a lot of the goals came from playing these games. Goals like traveling to Istanbul, which I really didn't have a huge interest in before playing the uh, fourth game in the series, Revelations, or learning archery and knife throwing. A lot of the things you can do in these games are things that would be really, really cool to do in real life. And I want to do them. But one thing that you can do in the games that you can't do in real life is hold the A button and just steal money from people rampantly. And you can't even do that in real life, which is crap, right? Apparently in real life, you have to like work and save money and and learn about personal finance, which is one of the reasons that personal finance and specifically getting out of debt is one of my main focuses on College Info Geek. Now, a few weeks ago, actually, it might have been a little bit more than a few weeks ago, I found a new podcast on iTunes called Listen Money Matters, and it's run by these two guys, Matt and Andrew, who come from pretty different backgrounds, but met each other and decided to start a podcast on basically learning how to manage your money. And I really like this podcast and I've become a huge fan of it for a couple of different reasons. One, I really like that Matt and Andrew are two guys from very different backgrounds. Andrew went to college. um, He went and got a, a job at a bigger company and Matt didn't go to college and he has spent most of his life running his own businesses. So they've come together and they kind of just have this really down to earth, fun podcast. Some of the times they're just talking to each other. Some of the times they interview people, but really they just want to educate people and learn more about personal finance. So that's why I wanted to bring them onto my podcast so we can answer some questions about personal finance, about saving money, paying taxes, paying off your debt, investing, all that good stuff that I get lots of email questions about and honestly want to learn about myself. So this is my first uh, two guest podcast, I guess. And luckily it worked out perfectly because Skype has upgraded their group calling stuff. So uh, enjoy this podcast with Matt and Andrew from Listen Money Matters and definitely check out their podcast at listenmoneymatters.com after you listen to this, if you enjoy it. Also, show notes can be found, as always, at sigpodcast.com, C-I-G podcast.com. Click on the link to episode 21. You'll find everything we link to, all the cool quotes and all that good stuff. Also, contact methods for Matt and Andrew and links to their podcast if you want to check it out. Let's get into the interview. Well, I am here with Matt and Andrew from Listen Money Matters, the greatest personal finance podcast in the entire world. Not embellishing that whatsoever. (laughs) What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, thanks for having us on, man. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be finally talking to you. I've been listening to a lot of your episodes. I really like your stuff, and I honestly want every student who has an iPod or whatever to plug your podcast in when they go to the gym because you guys are really dropping some good knowledge bombs on personal finance. So great work so far, dudes. Well, thank you. Yeah, so um, one of the biggest things that I get emailed about is basically just like to lump all the questions together. How do I become an adult? Like, how do I start a bank account and start saving or the big one? How do I pay off my student loans or not not take so many in the first place? How do I get into investing and taxes? And you guys cover all that stuff. So I think in this episode, I just kind of want to get like your stories and what you guys personally do to stay on top of your finances, how you guys automate things and just 
basically we can cover whatever you guys want to cover and uh, inform the readers about. Sure. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'll tell something about myself. And if I don't rant too much, Matt, then you'll jump in and we'll just kind of. Yeah, I'll stop you if you rant too much. <laughs> cool. And this is the, this is my first like uh, two guest podcast on on that end. I have my roommate sometimes co-hosted. This is the first time I've had two guests. So this will be interesting to have kind of like a three way conversation going. Oh, so sometimes it's episode. tough. You need like a conch shell to pass around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the talking stick. Let me hand it to you through the internet. <laughs> but uh, so I, I went to college, NGIT in New Jersey, uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology. Did uh, my thing over there. Joined a fraternity. Blah blah blah. Got a nice tech job for a finance company. Uh, started making money and. Uh, my parents, they they didn't come from money. They used to go to the supermarket with like calculators and like see how many packets of ramen and shit they could buy. So uh, they kind of just instilled um, some sense of frugality on me and like responsibility. And uh, I'd just kind of been nerding out, especially after I was earning money, you know, and um, I just wanted to share, you know, and then that was how Listen Money Matters kind of happened. Cool. And then uh, how is it from your end, Matt? My end is completely the opposite <laughs> of that. <laughs> I, uh, oh my God, I don't even know where to start. Hold on, I'm going to think about this for a second. I did not go to college, so let's get that out of the way. Um, but, but you went to college. You didn't go to <laughs> I went to college parties. Uh, I learned the art of beer pong and keg stands and flip cup, uh, only one of which I'm actually good at, and that's beer pong. Um, but we got no, no, I didn't go to college. <laughs> I did go to college for two weeks and was uh, and, in, and then left uh, for creative differences with uh, one of my teachers. Um, and now I have this weird hatred towards English teachers now. And which is funny because now I get paid to write. So, so every day you wake up and you're just like, ha yeah, it's like <laughs> yours of your school. Stick it to the man. Make my living writing. Right. <laughs> so impose your ways upon me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've and I grew up like really bad with money. I my parent or my mom is really good with money. She can save. Um, she just told me the story that when she was younger, she was a waitress and she used to collect all these like um, she used to collect cash from all her waitresses drop jobs and keep them underneath her bed and. Her family would steal it from her until she got a bank account and ended up putting it all in there and just kept stashing money away. Uh, my dad, on the other hand, it was just he spent money like water and he instilled that upon me. So for my entire life, <laughs> I've, I've been working since I was 13 years old. So I didn't go to college, but I did work. Uh, I worked in the, the swimming pool industry. So I got I was making money at 13 years old. I got a we, you know weekly paycheck that I would spend on cap guns at Walmart with my friend the best and, possible purchase oh yeah dude, you should see the cap gun collection i had that back then i should probably still have them but i don't um so i didn't you know i didn't actually i was terrible with money and i and i never learned anything about it in fact when i turned 18 i got a credit card in the mail and i'm like oh my god free money and my dad's only advice to me was like throw it away and i'm like thanks for the advice i'm going to do the exact opposite of what you told me to do because you're my dad <laughs> and that's what children do so uh you know got a credit card racked up a ton of debt didn't know i had to pay it every month so you know just completely killed my credit score uh and i was kind of bad with money until about a year ago so it's like a pretty recent thing for me and even without the college debt which i'm thankful that i don't have although you know obviously i don't recommend people not go to college, although I, I mean, I don't know. 
I don't know how I should phrase it, but I guess uh, I, I didn't go. So I don't want to get into to that uh, <laughs> conversation. But so, yeah, uh, a year ago, I decided I want to become better with money. I read a couple books. I met Andrew. And because of our, you know, different our weird dichotomy, we teamed up to do this podcast uh, to talk about personal finance. And what's funny is now when people ask me what I do, especially friends of mine who know my past, I go, well, I run a personal finance podcast. And they're like, you? You run one of you? Like, no shit. No, I'm not, I'm not listening to that. I'm like, well, you should. It's pretty good. I'll tell you so about yeah, all the credit I have cards the, up for. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have the opposite story of Andrew. So, But I think that dichotomy that we've kind of unnaturally created or naturally created uh, with the podcast is resonating with people, which is good. And, and yeah. the cool thing, I think, is like uh, because I, I, for many of the, the episodes, I'm like the quote unquote expert and that's the beginner. So he like asks the questions and, you know. It's like having a built-in interviewee, interviewer sort of uh, podcast. And then we also have guests, too, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. that is really nice. And I really enjoyed uh, listening to some of the guests. You had the you had Rebecca on who was talking about student loans. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to listen to that one because student loans are a big, interest, uh, interesting topic for me. And then she's like, we have like $250,000 in student <laughs> loans. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, and even uh, there's a there's another episode with Adam Carroll from Broke Bust that disgusted about student loans. That episode is excellent. It's, it's, it's an hour long. It's full of actionable like stuff. Is it? I need to listen yeah. to that one. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Uh, I, like even I, my dad like just started listening to the show. Thanks. Uh, and he said that that one was the best one he's heard so far. Really? And I was like, yeah, I have to agree with him right now because, okay. you know, student, the student loan issue, the student loan bubble and the debt crisis that we're, you know, currently in is a very interesting topic to me, especially because I was against going to college for so long and still remain that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting to me, too. And I, I wouldn't say that I'm against going to college, but there are definitely right ways and wrong ways, mm-hmm. right mindsets and wrong mindsets for going to college. And unfortunately, a lot of students have the wrong mindset when they go to college, whether it's like the prestige and the rankings or they go for the beaches or whatever, and they don't realize that the debt matters. <laughs> well, yeah. would, you say, uh, would you say that uh, children go to college because it's like the norm? Like they just like it's like assumed that that's what you do after high school? Well, that's not the only reason, but it's certainly one of the reasons. OK. And honestly, I mean, in a perfect world, if I were to somehow gain godlike powers and become president of everything, I would say all kids are going to go do something for a year after high school before they mm. go to college, whether it be volunteering, traveling the world, working for a year, working at a call center so they can learn some manners or something. I don't know. Everyone needs to go get some experience before they or how go. much they hate that. Yeah, because I mean, I, I was one of the rare people who knew what I wanted to do when I would go to college. Or when I went to college and that has since changed. So I suppose I'm not one of those rare people. But for the most part, people who went were like, I don't really know. I'm undeclared or I, th- I might think that, you know, fashion design and merchandising is a pretty cool opportunity and I'm going to take some classes. But they weren't sure. And what I found is the way you become sure is through experience. You do a, you do an internship at a company or you take a part time job or you start a blog or something. So. Mm-hmm. And then you save that money you make. Yeah, you you don't do <laughs> what I did. <laughs> Why would you I, do? I don't regret it too much. But so, I mean, part of my story is I paid off all my student debt before I graduated. But I probably could have paid it off sooner because my goal was on my list during sophomore year. And then junior year, I said, I'm going to go to Japan and probably <laughs> spent all my money. 
Cool. <laughs> it was actually, as far it's as so cool. money blowing experiences go, it was probably the best one that I possibly could have chosen rather For than sure. just spending it on TVs or something. But, um, you know, that's what I did. All the TVs and stuff. Yeah, spent money on TVs. <laughs> you were, t- yeah, you were talking about you had like BMW and a nice condo mm-hmm. and everything, and you've kind of just cut down. And I'm, yeah. I'm really glad I listened to that episode. I've always kind of maintained that, like, oh, I'm just gonna have a cheap car. As soon as my '98 Malibu dies, I'll buy a '99 Malibu, something like that. <laughs> right. And then the other day, I was like, oh, but look at this technological superiority of the Tesla. Mm, <sighs> oh, dude, the Teslas nope. are sexy, man. <laughs> They're so cool, and I mean, like. I don't know. The big selling point for me is just like, that's not an internal combustion engine. That's the future right there. I would be investing in humanity's technological progress now. That's just excuses. <laughs> yeah, you're saving the planet at the same time. All about that. <laughs> but it's also $77,000. And you know, they got one coming out for 30. So, really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. Did you like? Do you know much about it? Is it like uh, well, significantly stock worse? It. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm an investor in there, so I'm like obsessed with everything he does and his Giga battery factory. He's he's creating the biggest battery factory like that in the world, like in the U.S. Really? Yeah, just to lower the cost of that like that stuff, and then also sell it to like computer. Apple may partner with him and. Interesting. It's I, I'm I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. That is really cool. I was looking yeah. at their uh, their supercharger station map, and I was like, okay, currently you can't buy a Tesla and take a road trip from Iowa to Texas. Like that's not a thing unless you were to like stop at a hotel and plug in. But by the end of 2015, you can go anywhere in the U.S. I know you can do it in the East Coast. You can go from New Jersey to Florida. Yeah, East Coast and West Coast they have uh-huh. the superchargers all the way through, but uh, Midwest is still kind of sparse. But they're opening them at a crazy rate. So, I mean, maybe, Except you know, New Jersey decade down. Are they not doing them in New Jersey? No, because Chris Christie <laughs> turned that down. Oh, I so, heard about that. Yeah. Everyone on Hacker News was super mad about that. Yeah. And he, they should uh, be because, dick. Yeah. It does. Sorry. But he's, I hate him. God, it makes me mad. <laughs> I know. This is the podcast where we stick it to the man. <laughs> yeah, stick it to the man. Stop beating up technology. Let it happen. So, Andrew, did you graduate with debt at all or not? Uh, a little bit, but not student loan debt. Like my own debt and, and some of it I owed like a professor money because I'd worked with him and stuff like that. But uh, you, I was work to do for the professor. Uh, so I did like custom web development for him and like oh. he had his own side company. That was like my first entrepreneurial thing, which made me like understand and realize that this is like a real thing that people can do. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, ah, and then I've constantly failed many, many times up until now, which I'm you're either like, in the wait. process of failing or not. But <laughs> you're like, I don't have to work for Comcast. I didn't I didn't realize there was other opportunities out there. Yeah. So was that your first that was your first web development kind of gig that you got? Yeah. And then then I did like a, a little mini company with my buddy. We just went to small businesses like pizzerias and cigar shops and but we weren't that smart. Like we would go, we did the cigar shop site and uh, we did it for like uh, all like almost all of the money was in uh, like cigars. So like we would go in and we would just spend the money. <laughs> so, so it was like dumb. We'd, I smoked like I smoked like a thousand dollars worth of cigars in like a year. Gross. Um, which, which, yeah, definitely helped my lifespan. I'm sure. It sounds like a few of my friends that are out on the porch smoking <laughs> cigars every night. <laughs> I became a bit of a, a cigar connoisseur. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Aficionado, if you will. Yeah, aficionado. Mm-hmm. We'll have yeah. something to talk uh, to Chase Reeves about if you ever meet up with him. 
Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I think he's. A, I think yeah, because he was yeah, talking he about on one of the Fizzle episodes. He was talking about wanting to start like a cigar site, like an authority site about cigars, which and is what Jim Wang did. Really? Yeah. Okay, because he was he was complaining to that like cigar shop owners don't want to tell you all that stuff. Like they keep all their cigar secrets to themselves and they don't want to like let you make a website on that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. maybe it's just the specific people he talked to and there's a happy, friendly, nice cigar owner just down the road who's willing to spill the beans. Yeah, oh, I'm sure there's people like that who don't want the information out there on the web so that they can make more money for themselves. I, I deal with the <laughs> same sort of uh, kinds of you know feedback in the swimming pool industry so i'm I'm well aware marcus was talking about that too yeah like oh mm-hmm. these guys sell stone pools so they don't want to write any articles about right. the pros and the cons between the vinyl and the stone and all that kind of stuff which promptly i forgot everything he told me but <laughs> 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 yeah. if i ever want to get a pool i'll just talk to you and talk to marcus and just oh yeah <laughs> put I'll, do, I'll hook you up yeah i'll hook you up hot tub too i can hook you up with a hot tub no big deal cool so uh so what was your method for going to college and avoiding student loans was it like scholarships or did you just have enough to pay for it out of pocket or how'd that go uh, so so i worked okay. um i i worked I, I started working when I was uh, 16 at the library and I, I worked all through high school, uh, you know, bought my own car. I was working on and off in college, did my own side business. My parents did help me out a little bit, but I also fucked up a little bit. I took a couple extra semesters, winter classes, mm. summer classes. So it became a little more expensive than I planned, but uh, I definitely worked. Cool. So just the working really helped you pay off most of it. Just the working. Yeah. And like, you know, uh, I had a buddy, you know, it's interesting. So I was never a big spender because my parents weren't big spenders. I I like to like live within my means. And uh, my buddy was similar. And then his parents actually wound up getting divorced while we were in college. And uh, his grandparents had bought his parents house. And as part of the terms, uh, when the house gets sold, the money gets divvied up to the kids. So he wound up getting like 50 G's in college and he just went on a spending rampage and he's bought and he didn't even pay down his student loans. He would just be buying people beer and he'd tons of cigars and he was just insane. He had like a Mac Pro back then. Like he spent like six G's with a huge monitor. This was in like 2007 or no five. So back when they were like the 50 pound like gigantic box monitors yeah like yeah dude <laughs> like we had like crts and shit back then and dude that's a good friend to have in college though oh it was great it was a lot yeah. of fun yeah it's a fun I, to, it's fun yeah when you're in college but when that money runs out and you realize oh shit i didn't pay off my student loans and it's gone now yeah but that's him who cares is <laughs> you take you take advantage of it you guys are supposed to care you're running this podcast <laughs> I, mean, I, I was not such a funny guy back then. <laughs> I, I maybe did take advantage of it. <laughs> you're right. i can't oh, claim to have always been a good samaritan yeah 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 but they're, they're like still garnishing his wages like to this day and then we're out of college like uh almost eight years now so that's yikes yeah that's one thing. That's one thing that a lot of people don't realize. And even I didn't realize it for a while when I started making real money. It's like a year down the road, even if you're pulling in like seven, eight G's a month, a year down the road, you can be feeling poor because the, the loans get to you. Yeah. And if, if not just the loans, just like the amount that you're spending each month, even if you're pulling in a lot of money every month, if you're spending a lot, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're still, you're no better off. 
dude, like I, I do, I do well for myself. Uh, you know, I have a nice place in the city, blah, blah, blah. And I work with all people in tech who are making similar amounts of money. And I'm one of my really close friends here, uh, makes like more than me, like a kind of significant amount more than me. And he never has any money. Like he spent, I can't imagine how he spends the amount of money that he makes, mm-hmm. but you know, dinners and then car and just, it just goes. The material away stuff adds up. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Have you guys ever seen the movie Boiler Room? Yeah. With like Vin I, Diesel and uh, who the hell else is in it? Uh, I think Ben Affleck's William in it. William H. Macy's in it, I think. Yeah. And there's like there's like a scene in that movie where the kid who's like the main focus, he's talking about that. Like these guys make a million dollars a week and they're always broke. Yeah. Because I, I don't know what they spend it on, but, it you know, it just goes when you're. I'm going to go to the most expensive restaurant tonight and tomorrow and for three weeks in a row after that, I'm going to buy a new TV because I don't like the the basil around mine or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't have college debt, but I did have credit card debt. Mm -hmm. And um, I, well, I I really don't, I don't make nearly as much money as Andrew does. And now that I'm working for myself, I really don't make nearly as much as Andrew does. Um, But what I ended up doing was, uh, I decided to just downgrade everything. So I had a BMW. I had a condo. I had a dog. I had like a king size. Oh, I still have the king size bed. See, that was important. You got to keep that. <laughs> got <keep> to <laughs> keep that. Um, and I, yeah, I basically just got rid of everything. Like I got, I, I rented out my house and now I live with my brother, uh, which is very cheap. I only spend 500 bucks a month. Uh, I got rid of my BMW, which was like around $500 a month. So now I bought a, uh, just a 2009 Honda Civic, and that's like $200 a month. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was able to uh, lower my, you know, I, I stopped paying for cable at a certain point. I just downgraded everything. And, and a lot of people looked at me and said, well, you know, you had this extravagant, like really awesome bachelor pad and this bachelor life. And a lot of my friends, I don't know if they envied me, but I like to think that they envied me because I was like really awesome. No, no one envied you, Matt. <laughs> like I had really cool stuff, right? I believe the term was baller. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was definitely a baller, you know, and and I and then because I wanted to start my own business and because I like decided to just I'm going to be better with money. I'll, like one day I just had this like epiphany that, I you know, I better start reading stuff and educating myself a little bit a little bit more and yeah i i i downgrade it and and from the outside looking in it sucks like people you know look at you and go oh wow he had it great and you know he messed everything up and now he's living with his brother and it's like you get that you have that stigma attached to you but i didn't care i'd rather uh i wanted to have financial freedom i didn't never want to work for anybody again and I knew I had to sacrifice in order to pay off my debts, whether they were whether the student loan debts or not. I mean, this can, this goes for both. Um, but I sacrificed like crazy. And dude, now you're positive. Yeah. Now I'm cash positive. I don't have any debt um, and I can pretty much do whatever the hell I want to do. And it's weird because, you know, like the other day uh, it was a Wednesday afternoon and Andrew's like, hey, I'm going to go. out. I'm going to go out and meet. We hired a new employee, Candace. And. He's like, I'm going to go meet her at a bar. I'm like, OK, I'll come up. I live two and a half hours away. So I'm like, I just put on my shoes, get in the car. It's like, you know, three thirty on a Wednesday afternoon. Drove up to New York. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? I was like, I, I, what else I got to do? I got nothing else, nothing else to do. So I go up to New York. We hang out with her and, you know, ended up hiring her and stuff. And it was just I, the freedom. I, I can't even stress that enough. And I think like with student loan debt. Now, I don't have student loan debt and I don't know how crippling it can be. All I know is the stories that I've heard from Adam when he was on the show 
And what I've just heard through my, you know, friends, you know, woes and troubles with student loan debt that I don't wish that on my like worst enemy. It just seems like they are gouging these college students with these yeah. six and seven percent interest loans that now you can't even get rid of. You like even if you Bankruptcy die, won't. Yeah, there's one yeah, way. There's one way to get rid of them. Go you, for you it. You escape the country and you never come back. <laughs> doesn't it get, but doesn't it get passed to like your next of kin? Uh, no, it, it, I, it, it goes to your estate. Or actually, I, I think with student loans. I want to say I heard that like if you die or something, they're just absolved whereas other loans may be passed on to your estate but right. i've heard stories about student loan refugees people who just leave the country and while you're gone like the interest is still accruing so you can pretty much never come back wow but, I mean, you don't want to like run away from home to get away from student debt hopefully you can just make some smart decisions and not take it on in the first place seriously well, i mean i used to think like you know the draft back in the day for the vietnam war and if i were alive then and i would you know and i was 18 years old and like eligible to go I'd I'd hightail it to friggin' Canada faster than you can say. <laughs> Here's the le-. and I would have been gone. You would move to Canada. <laughs> I would have been you? a I would have been a cl- an outline of a cloud. They're like, where did he go? And just where did he go? Um, I am now a lumberjack. I've never <laughs> swung now, an axe in my life, but I'm going yes. to learn. Yes, I'm going up to the Pacific Northwest, and I'm going to be a lumberjack. <laughs> but I, you know, and I would love to be a lumberjack because I love pancakes so much. Dude, so, it's my backup plan. Yeah, if everything dude, fails, lumberjack, and it is. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm totally down with that idea. I love that idea. We're definitely doing it. We'll, we'll be a lumberjack duo. All right. And we'll just get much more work done because we'll be doing it together. We're just going to start a logging company. Yeah. Have you oh, heard dude. of the lever axe? I, nope. It's like, it's like <laughs> this uh, axe head design. It's way, it's like scientifically designed to be a lot better than a normal wedge. Mm. And it's like it's like sideways and it splits the log really easily. So we'll just go get lever axes and just I'm sure no one else will think to use that. <laughs> no. Have you seen the uh, Muddy Python skit? The Lumberjack song? I don't think so. Actually, uh, go, uh, you should put that in the show notes. Go Google that. I it's will fun. go Google that. After and the show. <laughs> I, I was a huge fan of Twin Peaks and that's like Pacific Northwest logging town. Mm. OK. Fresh smell of Douglas fir pines. So <laughs> good. Get any better? Black coffee. Oh my god. Pancakes. Have the pancake breakfast. Oh my god. Um, Real good pancakes. Yeah, but I was <laughs> to go back on the uh, student loan thing when we had Adam on, and, and like he had mentioned that he was surprised that a lot of students haven't figured out uh, ways to dodge student loan debt or get out of it. So one of the things that he had mentioned, he did not condone this, and neither am I. Although it's very interesting. It, it's a very about. good strategy. There's a couple of them. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Basically, take out a bunch, like apply for a bunch of credit cards, use that to pay off your student loan debt and then claim bankruptcy because you can came, claim bankruptcy on credit card, just not on student loan debt. Oh, yeah. Or like take a loan out on your car, like a, like a, from a credit union and use that to pay your student loans. And I then guess default. if you're going to thrash your credit, you might as well thrash your credit and not still have student loan debt. So. Well, think about I it. Guess, yeah. I mean, it's only seven years you're going to have bad credit where with most college loans, it takes like 30 years to pay off or 20 years to pay off. So, I mean, you only got to do it for seven years and not, you know, live in an apartment for seven years or live with your parents for seven years, which a lot of college kids, I'm sure, are already doing. Uh, All right, again, but I'm not condoning it, but it's just a. Yeah, I think think it's generally a pretty bad strategy. (laughs) Sounds like something that would really backfire in some horrible, unforeseen way. It's like. After they take you to court, then you owe all the credit cards and the student loan. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's like, so uh, it turns out we have some obscure law against this. I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) We've made a law for you. 
Last you. night. It goes to the Supreme <laughs> Court. Right. Right. They call it the Matt Givenisi law. Uh, <laughs> bringing Ben Bernanke. He's just like shaking his head at look him. on his face. <laughs> he's like, it's people like you. We <laughs> <laughs> to be the greatest country in the world. Oh, man. But you just keep gaming the system. You're like those guys who go get credit cards and buy coins with them to get miles. Well, I mean, that used to be a pretty good I strategy. heard about that, and I was yeah. actually going to do that if it wasn't so tedious for such like a little amount of... There's a better way. There's a better way. There's a better way. So you get a credit card, and then you call up your buddy Matt on the phone, and you say, I'm going to send you an Amazon payment. I'm going to pay for it with my credit card. Please give me back my money later. And then mm-hmm. you get the points, and then yeah. your friend gives you back the money. That's like that's like the current travel hacker way to get points. Apparently, talk to my friend Travis at Extra Pack of Peanuts if you want to travel hack and get miles because he knows all those cool tricks and everything. But that's what he told me about. Yeah, that's That's what he told me about. It's it's a lot less tedious than going to the bank and buying like fifty pounds of coins and then spending them or putting them back in your bank account. I don't even know how you do it, but keep going back to the bank like ah, this guy again with his thousand dollar in coins. (laughs) How many sacks (laughs) of dollars do you have, man? Seriously, (laughs) like that's not even real money. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out it is, but yeah, whenever you see like a gold dollar, you're like, what is that? That's is that like a five hundred yen piece or something? (laughs) Is that pirate money? (laughs) It does look like a five hundred yen piece a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. If you've ever, I don't know if you've ever dragon's lair with in the Hobbit, (laughs) all these Sacagawea coins. (laughs) Jesus, where are you, thief? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so what was the moment where you were just like, I have to learn about personal finance. I have to start digging myself out of this hole that I've gotten into. Uh, It was, I I lost my job, and and I purposely tried to lose it. Um, at the pool place w- or like a different place? Uh, no, I was I was working for a restoration company, mm. and uh, I basically I got laid off, and it was a good thing because I was able to collect unemployment, and I assumed I was going to be able to collect unemployment for two years, but that didn't turn out to be the case. And the reason why I wanted to be on unemployment was so that I could be paid to start my like to really focus on my side business and turn it into a full time thing, which. To the help of Andrew, I was able to do. Thank God. So um, for for one and a half years, I had uh, <laughs> raise the roof. Nineteen ninety two. I for 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 one and a half years, I uh, was on unemployment. You know, worked and the the. That's where my tax dollars go to pay for Matt to sit on this couch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, January. My well, tax no, you know what really grinds my gears? I'm a job creator. Okay, I'm a uh, job creator. I don't even buy that. <laughs> so, no. In January of 2013, my New Year's resolution to myself was: since I am on unemployment, I'm going to have to figure out. Like, and I was, you know, still living at the at the condo, and I still had the BMW at this point. Uh, I said, I need to. Uh, for lack of a better phrase, get my shit together because I was just terrible. Like I just, I was living unemployment check to unemployment check and I shouldn't have been doing that because, you know, so I was like, all right, I bought, um, the simple dollar by Trent Ham and I bought Ramit's book. Um, I will teach you to be rich. 
And then, and then I you bought, then you bought Mastering Mint from Listen Money. <laughs> I bought Mastering Mint. <laughs> uh, no, and then I I I uh, I've been on Fizzle for a while, and I Nailed teamed it. up with Andrew. And yeah, the greatest so that's possible book you could ever read on anything <laughs> ever. Shameless plug. Do you want to learn about radical stoicism? <laughs> By mastering. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I just I you know it just kind of clicked in my head one day. I'm like, I just got to get my you know stuff together, and I just don't think people come to that realization as often as they should. Yeah, and I there was nowhere for me to turn really. I mean, I I you you kind of like at, at this day and age, like you don't learn it in school. You don't learn like basic personal finance skills in school, which I think is a problem. It's it messed up. Actually, it's really it's, 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 it's the most important skills you could have in life. You go and work for money. Yeah, like you need to know how to. Yeah, I learned yeah. how to type in high school. Can I say this for a second? Yeah. Why did I have to take four years of Spanish? Which I mean, I love learning languages and all that. That's great. Why did I take four years of Spanish? I took an accounting class in high school. I never had to take a personal finance class. Right. Like, that it's, wasn't it's required. Yeah, Why not? It? Yeah. That's the one thing that every single person who graduates from high school needs to know, and it's not. Rec- it's like a not required thing. Do you want to know what my dad thinks? Hmm. My dad is a 100% full blown conspiracy theorist, <laughs> and he thinks that it's to keep us sheeple in line they don't the banks don't want us to know how to manage our money it's so eventually me and you get, yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's the masons it's the it's the rockefellers it's you know it's these big families that own the 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 federal reserve and the private institutions and it's and i'm like and i roll my eyes at it because i don't believe it personally i just think I, I, don't, I honestly don't know what the answer is to that. But what, one of the things that I had an idea um, that I would one day hopefully want to do, I, I really want to do it. I just hope one day we can do it, is to actually go into colleges. I'm, I'm on a college campus. I live on a college campus. My mm-hmm. brother works at a college. And I want to just offer a free, like after you're done, you know, your classes for, for senior students, a free uh, how to get rid of your student loan debt mm. course, like basic personal finance stuff. It's totally free. And I, I, I'm not, and as a non-college student, I don't know if college students would actually want to go learn more, even if it's free, you know, after they've gone to school, I think they just, you know, care no, more would. about, do they you think? Would. Oh yeah. I get, I get emails good. like every week. How do I get rid of my student debt? And Mm -hmm. so the way that you should start, and I I also want to speak as well and do sessions as well. So I think we have some similar goals here. Um, The way you start is you you contact like the leaders of student organizations or like Mm. honors, honors associations have the kind of students that will come to these things. And you just ask, can I put on a free session? Uh, You know, my brother works at this school, like maybe have him do an intro for you. Do it at that local school and just just get your start there. Because yeah. there are probably people who would show up and who are very interested in not graduating with a crushing amount of debt. Right. So and I just want to show them how to use basic tools like, I mean, mint, just like the, the just mint. It's free. Like just show yeah. them how that how that works and how they can use it to their benefit before like learning how to use or learning that mint existed and then learning how to use it properly. Like all the accounts you have and managing it and the bills, of course, are not all on the same day. They're like every other day you have a bill for arbitrary amounts and it just really helps to automate your stuff because you know what? Like uh, you work to make money, but you need to like not be all about money or you can't have any fun. 
Yeah. So for those who don't know who are listening to this, what is mint? Because we keep saying, like, is it the leaf you oh. put in your drink and then you automatically <laughs> know how to manage your money? <laughs> mm. it, it is the key <laughs> ingredient in mojitos. But yep. um, it is also a, a completely free uh, personal finance tracking tool. So you can go sign up for free and then say you have a, uh, an account with Bank of America. And I hope you don't because they suck. Please don't. But, uh, <laughs> Bank of America. <laughs> That's right. Them, Citibank, you know, you have a Betterment account for your investments, Fidelity, whatever. Um, it'll automatically go to all these accounts and pull down your transaction data. And so like when you go to Starbucks, it knows that that is coffee. And so it'll classify it as coffee. Mm-hmm. And when you invest in your investment accounts, it knows you're transferring assets instead of spending your money. And what happens, it basically automatically balances all of your books and tracks all of your spending. So then, you know, you just go, you sign up and you just uh, start spending your money like you normally do. And then you look and you're like, oh shit, I spent $200 on coffee last month. And then, you know, like, you need to know where the money goes before you can start to cut back and like see, you know, how better to, you know, maybe you can still go out to dinner, but you should go to half price appetizers at Applebee's instead of full price, mm-hmm. you know? And like you, if you're not tracking it, you may not realize that you spend like $400 at Applebee's. Oh, you don't. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the iPad app for Mint. Yeah. And I'm sure maybe the other apps have this, but the iPad app specifically has like a circular breakdown chart of what you've spent. And yeah. I, when I got my iPad mini, I, I downloaded it and I looked at it and I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> How did I spend this much per month? So like, <laughs> when you see yeah. it visually like that, it changes your spending habits like yeah. instantly. You don't and think it, you're spending that much. I know. <laughs> It's cool because you can set like alerts. So, you know, like, all right, next month I'm only spending $300 on Applebee's. So you set the alert and let you know when you're getting close, when you're over. So, like, you just go and you live your life freely and then it'll automatically tell you, like, what you need to know, when you need to know it. Uh, I'm in love with the tool. Yeah. And honestly, I think for me, Mint is one of those tools that you can use however, like, fits you best. So there, there are a lot of different ways and you don't have to like get into the budgeting and go crazy on it if you don't want to. Personally, I don't do it. Um, but what I do is have it like send me a weekly text of my balances and it just gives me like a snapshot of my investments and everything. But the biggest thing was I got met when I was a, a sophomore, I want to say. Mm. And it like like turned the switch in my brain. OK, you need to start automating things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and managing things in a better way. Before that, I was like all manual. I had like notes telling me to go to like all these different things. And yeah, I think it was a combination of just knowing, like seeing what Mint could do for me and and reading Ramit's stuff about automating your finances. Yeah. At this point, everything's automatic. Every single month, automatic transaction over to my mutual fund, mm. automatic rent payment, automatic utilities payment. It all is done for me. I don't have automatic to, student loan payments. Yeah. Uh, well, I would have done that. But when I was paying off my student loans, it was whatever I get minus rent, minus food, shove the rest of it into student loans until right. it is dead. Yeah, <laughs> that dude, was my yeah. that was my strategy. So, and you know, what gets measured gets managed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I don't know. Is that like one of those Drucker things? I don't know who says it, but uh, actually, I just looked it up because like I wanted to make thing. sure I had the guy's <laughs> name right. William Thompson okay. or Lord Kelvin? Oh, yes. Lord Kelvin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is that he w- like the temperature dude? Uh, I, I think he came he up with the, the temperature scale. guy. Yeah, yeah, he did yeah. a lot more stuff. In fact, the book back on my shelf, A Short History of Nearly Everything, has a lot about Kelvin. Are you there. kidding me? 
Huh. Who? What's the book title you just said? A Short History of Nearly Everything by Bill Bryson. Jesus. I okay. love that book. <laughs> My dad has been force feeding me to listen to that audio book for the last two <laughs> weeks. I want to choke him. I'm like, Dad, I'm watching Cosmos. Everything you've told me I've seen on Cosmos this week. You actually won't, though. Did you know? Really? Two hours north of my house in Uh Iowa. uh, You won't see it because it's been millions of years since this happened. But there is a gigantic crater that a meteor hit. Right. What? That was on Cosmos. Oh, was it? Yeah. So Cosmos isn't all about space and stuff? No. In fact, he was telling my dad was saying to me, um, He's like, did you know that Haley was uh, responsible for, you know, um, oh, man, what's his name now? Oh, oh for uh, Isaac Newton. Yeah, Edmund yeah, Halley Isaac is Newton the guy to come who, out of his reclusion. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It was on a Cosmos last week. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you, I don't have to re- read this book. It's, I've seen it. It's like I've seen it in cartoon form. So <laughs> like, they, they took they took the book and they were just like, all right, let's let's get Neil and yep. let's make a show out of it. Does it have anything about like. uh Oh, they have like things about the guys who invented like diving apparatus. So you could actually go underwater for longer periods of time. Yep. So that's all in Cosmos. Yep. Well, I, I was Haley. He he did that. Really? Yeah. He was on he was underwater doing experiments with this diving apparatus. Do they have the things about like um like the periodic table and like because because this book is like just basically like a history of science. All the disciplines. Yeah. Is that and what that's Cosmos what, is? That's what Cosmos is. And it, it's not finished yet. Like the season's not over yet. So who knows? Like today or last night's episode, because this is Monday, uh, it was about like how they categorize the stars and how they mm. found out what the stars were made of. And it was like this woman. And she's not really that well or she wasn't that well known. And she like got flack from Harvard because she worked for Harvard. And then he talks about like this, like, I don't know, I, I it, like I was I watched it and it, it, it blows my mind watching. And even like today, I had just got done watching it and I'm like, I, I feel so small, <laughs> such a <laughs> tiny do. little speck of nothing. That's really interesting, though. I have the yeah. original Cosmos, like 1980s Cosmos book on my shelf yeah. as well from Carl Sagan. And that one's mm-hmm. just basically about space. So well, I would his, have assumed uh, that the new one would have just been kind of a remake. No, the new one has a lot to do with like there's geology, there's uh, like micro, um, you know, like uh, bac- bacteria and all that stuff. Like, like you know, uh, microcosms and you okay. know, like the in space and stuff. And his uh, Carl Sagan's wife is writing the new ones. Oh, okay. she's still alive. Yeah. So, so I guess what they're kind of the going through is kind of just more of a comprehensive intro to science. And what's great about it is it's on prime time, like yeah. real deal. T- it's on Fox for of all places. So it's like <laughs> I'm just I'm just happy that the world is like, you know, can has access to this. And it's not just a science channel, you know. So it's it's on like the local Fox, not like Fox. No, not like Fox, no, Fox, and- Fox. Like Fox like, News, Fox, or like no, okay. not not cable news, Fox. So it's Earth uh, like the is Simpsons. not six thousand years old. <laughs> like yeah, like so brash, so bold, so Fox. <laughs> okay, fair and balanced. I don't watch TV. Like uh, I haven't had my my TV on to actual TV since I bought it. Actually, oh, I, just I watch play video games. And, oh, okay, yeah. We yeah. I mean, we have Netflix, so, so do I. They don't Man, have I Cosmos watch. on Netflix. They have like some the great Hulu, courses. Dude. Does Hulu have it? Yeah. I, will have I don't have cable. It. Like screw cable. I don't want to buy like these stupid QVC channels and shit. Yeah, it doesn't make sense unless you're like a hardcore sports fan. And even then, you probably can get that kind of stuff like in a package nowadays, can't you? Then you can get dude. Then you can get Aereo. Like, why pay the cable company? Do you know about Aereo? Mm-mm. I'm not a sports guy either. So, but yeah, I'm not I mean, either. yeah, I'm definitely not a sports guy. But right. Aereo, uh, new startup. So there's there's a law that. Um, 
I mean, you could have a, t- like an, a TV antenna on the top of your home and you get whatever TV channels you want for free through that antenna, right? And um, what Aero does, Aero does is they just, inst- you have this huge antenna on the top of your house because it has to pick up all of the stations because it has no idea what you're going to listen to. But they realize if, that they, if they can tell, if you decide what you're going to listen to, then they can make this really tiny antenna and only in tune into that station. So basically for like $8 a month, you get access to whatever you want and they DVR it for you. And you get like however many hours of storage and it'll stream to all your devices. Wow. Yeah. yeah I just read that uh, they got sent to court. Yeah. So they're in the Supreme court because right now, like the way the law stands is basically like, um, as long as you own your antenna or whatever, you know, it's like some, and, and the whole thing is like, Ario saying is like the question is how long is the wire because these people each get their own antenna it's not like they have one antenna and then they're distributing it you rent an antenna from them and then you get whatever so hmm. it, I, I, the supreme court these days is like really really like to the right but i hope they yeah they rule yeah. in favor of tech and progress well, we have all these rules that were written before computers and technology were a thing and yeah. and we're applying them to right. the internet and to TV <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And the so people in the Supreme crazy. Court can't possibly understand the internet. No, they're like 400 years old. I mean, they, yeah, they were it, bros with George Washington. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm surprised they still don't wear powdered wigs. They but also I'm, have well teeth. I'm I'm uh, I'm curious on what you're going to call this episode with us because we have been all over the map. Drunken ramblings with Listen Money Matters. <laughs> Bullshitting about personal finance yeah. and also Cosmos. And, yeah, and also that and also. No, but seriously, here. you know, we, we should we should leave them at least with some actionable advice. Yeah, that's so what if, I was, I was going to say. We should get somehow it. listened this far. So so you had asked in the beginning, you were about asking about taxes and um I know Matt like goes to uh, like H and R Block or whatever because he has like kind of complicated taxes. He has his company, or whatever. But even even then, I don't think it's that complicated. For like, I would say like the vast majority of people um, just get a thirty dollar copy of TurboTax. Uh, if, if you are able to make it into college, then you are able to answer the yes and no questions on TurboTax. It do you, it does it all for you. It's automated. It's super easy. And um, what you could do is it because it's it's on the computer and you just hit back and you can keep trying things. So like you can say, all right, I have a home office. I want to write this stuff off. I'm going to put it as 300 square feet. And you're like, well, what if I put it as 400 square feet? You know, like what? What? <laughs> like, and you just play with it, and you could like optimize, you know, your money back. And um, yeah, I actually had I had a really good additional thing, but I forgot in in the heat of the moment. Well, I don't use H and R Block, so I just want to. Who do you, who you use? I have an accountant because oh. I am too lazy, <laughs> and spending two hundred dollars for somebody to do my taxes for me is well worth the, okay. the money. No, dude, I, I, I totally, I totally. I'm agree. glad you said that because okay. you go to H and R Blocker, your dude, and you bring all of your receipts, and you have to explain to him all the things you do. So you are still. I see personally the only thing of value that I have is my time. And Mm -hmm. so I have to go to this dude and still spend my time to read out my numbers, answers, questions, the shit that I already know. Like why? And then I have to pay him also just to answer the questions I'm answering for him. I might as well do it myself. Well, I will say in that case, uh, 
I mean, if you have, I don't know, I don't know how your accountant works if you ever had an accountant, but this year I finally switched to having my own accountant because I have my own business mm-hmm. and because I was like, I don't know how to do quarterly payments and I don't know how to that. Yeah, I have like a simple IRA now, which is something I have a financial advisor now too, which is my girlfriend's uncle. And he's just like, you should get an accountant because all this stuff is confusing and I want peace of mind, but I didn't have to bring him the streets. I use wave accounting, which is another free accounting uh, online accounting program. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yeah, print me off your balance sheet and we're good to go. I mean, I was in there for maybe 15 minutes. How does he do minutes. your deductions and stuff? Well, I, I I do all my booking myself. So everything is oh, in okay. wave. I just print off the balance sheet with all the uh, expenses tracked by category with all my income. And then he's just like, cool. Um, and then I can give him access as an accountant to the wave account if he wants to go look at individual transactions or anything. But I paid him like 250 bucks and peace of mind is what i wanted yeah, yeah. that's that's what i want and I'm, also yeah like the past few years on TurboTax, i'm just like is this correct i don't know like i had to yeah. like look up all these things like who knew who knew you couldn't uh use your room as a home office deduction if you actually sleep in it <laughs> well that's the one thing too like there's the you know some accountants are are aggressive and some accountants you know are gonna just do what they're told and that's it like they won't ask you the questions that TurboTax might ask you mm-hmm so I guess that's the that's one of the benefits of having that. But yeah, with with a business, um, uh, yeah, peace of mind. I don't want to get audited, so I just want his name backed behind it. Exactly. Nah, you that would make way. nearly enough money to get audited. Just to send I, a guy over to your house would be more expensive than what they'd get out of you. Still, <laughs> it'll be my luck. Yeah, I'm, I, that's the same thing I worry about. And I mean, like, I'm pretty sure I'm legit on everything. I try yeah. to follow the rules, but it's still like I don't want to deal with that. You know, I don't want to yeah. deal with bureaucracy. <laughs> Right. But one thing I want to say with regard to taxes, since we're on the subject, um, your school. And did you mention mu- taxes? Well, he, he, he were talking he did about it like in the first tax. minute of the podcast. I okay. think yeah, I, I mentioned taxes and all that kind of stuff. There's a okay. program called VITA. It's, it's it stands for Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, and basically what it is is uh, accounting students at colleges will volunteer their time in order to get like internship credit hours. And you oh, can wow. show up for free as long as your income is lower than like 48000 a year or some some number like that. And they do it for free. Like you bring your stuff, they do your taxes, file it right there at the school computer lab. Uh, I did that for two years in a row, freshman and sophomore year, when I finally realized that why would I do this paper shit? <laughs> and <laughs> it worked perfectly. So um, for students listening out there, if you want to do your taxes easily, see if there is a program like that. And also show up early because a lot of people will go to that if it's a thing in your town. <laughs> yeah, that's called VITA. And there's also uh, TCE, which is tax counseling for the elderly. For, for all, all of those really old college students that <laughs> are listening with the 80. Of the elders listening to <laughs> yeah. this podcast. <laughs> yeah. All the elders who even know what a podcast is. <laughs> How I did you subscribe? <laughs> for what? The letter. Two, yes. The uh, TCE. <laughs> I just, Happy Friday, day we called it a television show yeah <laughs> yeah i just typed in my zip, my zip code and within 25 miles was a place near me so that's cool i didn't know that existed that's cool yeah it's a pretty cool thing the other the other like uh secret trick i learned in school i couldn't find the irs form for this but what i learned is university bookstores are not supposed to charge you interest on um things you buy there apparently or not mm. interest uh sales tax because it's like federal or something like that, but they do. Really? So there's this IRS form and I don't remember the number and I don't even remember what to Google to find it. But some lady at the bookstore told me about it and she's like, yeah, if you keep your receipts from the bookstore and you fill out this IRS tax form, you will get your sales tax back. 
That's instant. serious money because a book's yeah. not expensive. And I mean, like I always book hacked and like bought my books used on Amazon or I do like uh, the the Kindle rentals are are kick ass because they're super cheap. But that year I had bought a MacBook and an iPad from the bookstore. So I ended up getting like 80 bucks back. Oh, wow. From that weird secret yeah. form that like nobody knows about. So I mean, I'll still I'll do some digging, but I I don't know the exact name of the form. But if I can find it, I want to put it in the show notes at some point. Yes, yeah, I got sure. some money back from that. Oh, definitely. Badass. So one other question I get uh, is investing. Like people have no idea what to do at a young age investing. Um, you got to start young. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you guys do for that? So I'd say there's like there's like two uh, key like principles because like everyone worries like, oh, well, if I if I time the market wrong, then I'm going to lose all my money. And uh, I think what you should realize one, like don't even try and time the market. And you got to be real with yourself. Like you're competing with these insane computers that know everything about everything. You're not going to beat them. So don't try and beat them. Don't try and be clever. You know, maybe you're Warren Buffett, but you're probably not. Mm. So um, one, you got to just contribute regularly. So every month contribute $100 or $200 or whatever you can afford. And what happens is it's called dollar cost averaging. So instead of timing the market, you basically mirror the market. Every month you buy on the way up, you buy on the way down, on the way up again. And as we know, like the market, like on the low end, does 7% on average a year. So if you buy on the way up, on the way down, on the way up, you basically do 7% on average. So you're good. Which is, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's not, you know, it's not insane, crazy, it's really soon money. But if you leave it there, it adds yeah. up to a lot. And then that's the thing is like you have to put it in and you, you got to put in what you don't need. And it should literally like feel like it's killing you to withdraw out of your investment account. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of like what to choose to invest, like um, I now put my I mean, I, I play around, you know, I buy Apple, Tesla and, you know, you could play around. But I, I really recommend you go with something like Betterment where they invest in uh, index funds so market averages, it's basically like you're investing in the U.S. economy. Uh, it's completely automated. It's way, way, way cheaper than if you try to do the exact same thing on your own because they have yeah. economies of scale. Um, and when they rebalance and stuff because it's on their end, you save on taxes. So mm. should, should we explain what Betterment is a little bit more? Is yeah. that a company? Is yeah, Betterment? So- okay. Betterman is is a company. I'm I'm a data guy. I, I like love all this stuff. And there are a bunch of like data scientists and the crazy finance guys. They built this tool that um you get a sliding scale. So it's either you like your risk port your your risk uh whatever you call it, risk port risk analysis or like- Yeah, I don't know. Your risk profile is like okay. either hundred percent or you know zero percent if it's hundred percent it's stock and it's all stock if it's fifty percent it's half bonds half stock and like basically as you get older you slowly reduce your risk profile so your retirement doesn't like evaporate you mm-hmm. know on one spot and uh they manage it all for you and it and it acts like a savings account where you just send the money there and when you want it you just pull it back to your checking account and they handle everything they sell behind the scenes they buy that behind the scenes balance it blah 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 it's pretty hardcore cool so yeah i would always i tried to read the like legit stuff and not the get rich quick stuff and from that mm-hmm. i had heard they get into an index fund it consistently performs better than 95 percent of all fund managers uh, what I found, because I wanted to get this thing set up when I was like a sophomore, 
is most of the funds you find have like a $3,000 minimum to open it up. And like mm-hmm. the only one that had lower was the Vanguard Star Fund, which is I, I think it's like 30 percent bonds, 70 percent stocks or something like that. And it was like only a thousand. So that's when I went with. But it's something I should probably look into uh, going forward now that it's not my only option. So the interesting thing is like uh, so I don't know who you who you invest with. Maybe it's like Schwab or it's Vanguard. Van- so you have an account directly with Vanguard. Yep. And so how much do they charge you every time you make a transaction? I like like when I take things out or like they charge you like six ninety nine to buy. Oh, no, I don't think so. I'm pretty they sure charge you I nothing. Just puts I just have like an automatic trans uh, automatic deposit every month. And, you know, I should look to see if it charges, but it's really cheap. Like their their management expenses are super cheap compared to other things. There's still fees. Yeah, so, there so are Vanguard still fees. is by far the lowest fees, like still like point like one five. And like they're super low for really, really real. I mean, for really small balances, Betterman is point three five. OK, uh, then it goes to point two five, I think, above two or five thousand dollars, something like that. It's also cheap. Vanguard's way cheaper. The thing is, uh, you may get charged fees every time you buy, mm. whereas Betterman doesn't. And that's like where like a lot of the real savings comes in over there. OK, I need to check and see if it's doing that, because it's one of those things where I just let it go and don't touch it. Right. And I guess right. now that I'm out of school and can start looking at these things, it might be a good idea to do that. But I'm, I'm glad that I did just simply start because when I graduated, I had like maybe 2000 in there just just to know, like, OK, I have a start. I have a head start. I have to feel like I'm graduating with nothing. And Still more than I had. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm like the middle of you two guys. Cause I, yeah. I wasn't like super cheap, but I've tried to be smart with my money. I don't know. My philosophy has always been the amount of money you have is the balance between what you make and what you spend. So I've never been like super frugal, but I would always go for like more money. The kind mm. of like the big wins sort of thing. Right. Right. I'm Which like is the- a lot. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's easier said than done though. Cause you say, mm-hmm. you know, anybody, anybody, anybody can cut back. Anybody can be frugal. Like it doesn't take a genius to do that. But then it, if you cut back and then you made more money, so we say, hey, you know, you just hear those guys like, well, why don't you just stop being poor? Just make more money. And it's and then that's the hard part. Right. You know? Like I said, you can, you know, cut your cable bill like you could do it right now. You could you could stop listening to this podcast. I don't recommend it, but you could stop listening to this podcast, call up Comcast or Time Warner or whatever and say, I don't want to pay the cable bill anymore. Get a Netflix account and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Right. Easy. You can you can cut coupons out of a magazine. Easy stuff. You can get rid of your car. You can sell your home. All this stuff making more money, making that side income or, or even just, you know, extra income or making more money at the current job you have. That's where it's, that's the really, really hard part. Right. And that's something that there's really not that much information. I mean, there's, there's, oh, well, there's tons of information in the entrepreneurial world, but I don't, I don't think it's for everybody. And I don't know if you can attest to that or not, but, uh, you know, some people I think are just, you know, good at it. And some people are just not driven enough to, to they just want to work their job, come home, you know, relax and do their thing. And I'm that's perfectly fine. But then don't complain when you, you know, can't you live in paycheck to paycheck. It's it's always your fault. It's never and, you know, stop blaming the government. Don't blame the economy. It's you. And I think the the first step to, you know, fixing your finances is just 
admitting you have a financial problem. It's like the first step of AA is admitting that you have an alcohol problem. You know, and I had to sit there and say to myself, I have a problem. Like there's a problem that I, I, you know, I'm, I, I can't go out and have fun. And I'm a single dude with like, I don't have, I don't take any pills. I don't have glasses. Like I have no like actual expenses. I should be able to survive on like even, you know, the lowest of low income and still have a good time. Right. So I, you know, just said you have to start somewhere and start to educate yourself. And there's plenty of websites and books out there. And I've mentioned too, we have our own book for, for just using mint. We have a website where we teach people how to take care of their, uh, finances. We have a podcast where, and and the thing is, is like with our podcast, we, we want to educate people, millennials about, you know, taking care of their finances, but we don't want to be these stuffy one percenter millionaires who are, you know, yeah, just just the people don't want to hear from those types, I think. Mm-hmm. So having it come from someone like me, who's, you know, sort of in their situation, talking to somebody like Andrew, who is not in their situation, but has some expertise. I think there's a lot of we can relate to these to these our listeners and and provide we, we can have advice. this discussion. We can have this discussion without mentioning Jesus or any <laughs> any other religious figure, you know, like, which, and, which is and, hard to find. Well, you have people like Dave Ramsey I, and, you know, those guys, which I mean, he apparently his book's very good. I have not read it because I did not know about it until I started in the personal finance game. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about the religion thing, but it's more it's more of we just talk like two guys who are just generally interested in personal finance. Right. You know, that's the that's the there's no secret sauce to it. It's just we spend time on Skype prior to starting a podcast, just talking about personal finance. And his wife is sitting in the other room, listening to us, like just gab basically for lack of a better word uh, about personal finance. And she's like, you guys should start a podcast. There's there, there and there lies. Listen, money matters. That's what, how that was started. Boom. There it is. And I think, I think I saw you guys on the new and noteworthy and iTunes and mm-hmm. it's funny. Like I listened to like half an episode and put it on my recommended podcast post. Cause I was like, this is good stuff. And it really? sounds like just two guys hanging out talking about, you know, smart stuff. It's not like a super stuffy show. And that's the kind of stuff I like. I like fun discussions. <laughs> exactly. And it's a, and it's generally a dry subject. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it you can listen to other podcasts and it's pretty damn dry. Yeah. And and I think we just didn't want to approach and, and our podcast definitely isn't dry because we drink a lot. Um, <laughs> but there's there. I, I don't know. I just thought if 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 a podcast like this existed, you know, five years ago when I was first starting to listen to podcasts, I'd be in a d- much different place. You know, I think. Mm-hmm. But. And I, I mean, I'm glad that we're doing it now. And it's and it, podcasting. I mean, I've podcasted before. I've been podcasting for years just not to this level of success with this, you know, purpose in mind. And it's really, really fun. And I, and I, you know, you started your podcast. I'm sure you're having a good time. It's, it's a blast. It is a blast. It's easier than writing. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, there's different things. There's different things because I started my podcast out of a lot of admiration, admiration for Pat Flynn's, Mm -hmm. which most Mm -hmm. shows are like an hour long. So a lot of times I'll be like, I need to do a podcast for this week. And if I'm not sure of the topic or I don't know the guests very well, it can be very like 
anxiety driven. I don't know. Oh, it's yeah, like I, a, yeah. I have to come up with an hour's worth of content either on my own or I have to figure out how to talk to people for an hour. Mm-hmm. And the practice really comes into it. Like the first episode, the first interview I did, I was just like stumbling over my words, <laughs> super nervous. <laughs> and I just like I've learned to throw like jokes in there and and I don't know, just be more personable and it's it's really beneficial, I think. Uh, yeah, you for, not only just uh for social skills because i think that helps but mm-hmm. also uh networking like yeah. we now have talked for i don't know how long i mean my my clock says over an hour well we were talking minutes. for like 30 minutes before we even started podcast. yeah yeah so i mean <laughs> and, and now we're getting to know each other we know what we do and you know hopefully we can continue the relationship after the podcast and and i hope to do that with a lot of our guests that we have on and just me and andrew so or andrew and i sorry for the english but it's just that's why she failed you. Screw yeah. you, English teacher. <laughs> I know. Good Lord. So I, knew I think he wasn't cut out for it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I don't know. I I like for me. I I grew up listening to talk radio. I'm a huge fan of talk radio. So and I'm I and I also like literally grew up in a recording studio. My dad uh, has a recording studio in our basement. That's where I. That's where my bedroom was. So yes, I'm using the word literally correct here. Um, and. You know, I, I was in a band. I recorded music. We just, you know, I've been in the audio world forever. And this just seemed like a natural step, especially like even when I did it. I did a podcast, like a joking podcast uh, five years ago or six years ago. My friend went to Afghanistan or Qatar uh, for the military, and he wanted something from home uh, that he could listen to when he was out there. So we got together four people, you know, set up a table, got the sound pads up, got the microphones, got computers. We were doing sound effects and did an hour long, just goofy ass radio show about our town so that some, he would have something to listen to every week. Dude, that's awesome. And yeah, that's how <laughs> I like I got started in the podcasting like space. And then I did one for uh, my website, swimuniversity.com about pools and spas and stuff. And that kind of didn't take off because it ended up being just a half hour commercial for all these people I were interviewing. Mm. Um, wasn't a big thing. But this podcast is awesome because of the feedback we're getting. Like we're actually building an audience and and hearing from them. And that is like super, super exciting. Yeah. Like I, that, it, I mean, like and to know. And it's funny because I'm like technically a financial idiot. Right. And I and I'm very clear and honest about that on the podcast. I do not give information out that I don't know for sure. I usually just end up telling stupid stories about how I <laughs> screwed up with my personal finances. And I know people can learn from that. And yeah. I'm getting feedback from people saying, like, I can relate to you because, you know, I'm that screw up, too. But exactly. you changed. It's it's, it's inspiring. And, and I, I just I'm like flattered. Have you ever heard about the expert paradox? No. Basically, uh, experts are bad teachers a lot of times because they have done something for so long and become so good at it. They don't even know. Like the they don't beginning communicate parts of it. it. They don't even know. It's just like it's like breathing to them. Right. Whereas if you're like an intermediate beginner or you're like just on your way to advanced, you're like on the journey. Well, then you can remember the days where you were at the level of the people you were trying to teach. And you can remember the days when you were a little bit better than that. And you remember all the specific things you learned and all the little wins. You can communicate those a lot better than the person who's like, I, I make money by shooting it out of my fingers. Right. And, and <laughs> I have I have quarter beams out of my eyes now <laughs> yeah it's like you, i just you never send a hear, tweet and i make a million dollars <laughs> yeah you never hear the backstories of like when they were failing and like their businesses were like not overnight successes you think everyone's an overnight success i'm actually gonna have recorded 
data <laughs> yeah. to, to, that I could go back and go, wow, I was really an idiot back then. Look at me now. That's why yeah. I love the Internet Archive. Yeah. Because you look at all these like online stars and people and they, it looks like all they show are like the successes. Very mm-hmm. few of them get really into detail about their failures. But, you know, every single one of them had a lot of really shitty nights where something they did didn't work out or yep. something really screwed up. And I don't know. I like the Internet Archive because I can go back and see like the beginning versions of their sites and all that kind of stuff. And so I don't like, yeah, I need to be all those people at once. <laughs> I don't <laughs> get over that. Yeah, it's overwhelming. I know. But yeah. So uh, I have two more questions for you guys. OK, um, one, it's kind of open freeform thing. But basically, can we talk a little bit about how students can graduate and not get into the lifestyle where they start just buying things and getting into the cycle of, of acquiring more stuff and not knowing how to live deliberately. I'd like to talk about that first. I would say if you get a job after college and if you continued living like a college student for two years, this, this is like, this is what got me to where I am is uh, I got this job at a bank. I was doing great. Uh, and I just kept living like a college student. I, I I was not I didn't feel like an adult. I, I'm, I, I lived at home for a little bit just because I didn't think I would be able to wake up and get to my job on time. And uh, so if you just take like two years, you know, instead of just starting buying, you know, immediately and you just live like a college student, you will be so far ahead of the game. And if you just put like half of that into an investment. And you keep the rest in cash and you can use it as baller money or something. <laughs> and if you just keep that that first half for the two years in an investment account, like in no time, you will be a wealthy motherfucker. Like mm. just you just put it in there and you just let it grow and you just you sacrifice when you were young. You won't even remember what it was like. i am been working for like eight years. I don't remember what the sacrificing was like anymore. And it really paid off. Awesome advice. So, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the beginning of the episode is like, quote unquote, becoming an adult. And yeah, yeah. what you're saying here is almost like, well, you know, actually delay that a little bit mm-hmm. because I mean, not in the sense, not financially, but um, like the way you lived as a college student, you know, is actually OK to do for another two years. Go and have fun. Live on a couch made of pizza boxes. And meanwhile, you're while you're ha- while you have this job, when you graduate, you're stack you're stashing all this money away and then. When you do decide to go buy a house, guess what? You'll have a down payment, like a something killer, yeah. and, you, and you'll have like an like a started investment account, and you should have your four hundred one k set up through your business as well. I mean, yeah, I, delay becoming an adult. Maybe that's the message. Yeah, well, for a maybe bit. maybe that is actually becoming an adult, and and the lifestyle in which you finally get a little money and just start buying things. I mean, to me, that sounds like, hey, look, I'm the big kid uh, in the sandbox and I'm going to start hogging all the toys for myself right now. That's kind of what the mindset is. And if you choose to, I don't know, the the thing that is really important to me is that you graduate and you don't start thinking, oh, this is what adults do. I get an apartment and a super nice three bedroom thing and I start buying Mm -hmm. everything. No, like look at what really is valuable to you. That's the adult thing to do. What? do I want to do? Okay. I just got this job. Do I want to become really, really good at it so I can start moving up or moving into what I'm really, you know, hoping I can be passionate about. That's where your focus should lie. I think instead of thinking about what TV should I buy and all that kind of stuff. I absolutely agree. And you know what? People get caught up in this whole thing where they, they think they buy these things and then they appear cool or awesome. And it's like, um, in most cases, the things that you buy 
anyone can buy because credit is readily available. So you could have bought it with cash and you could really have like the Ferrari because you're rich or you could have the Ferrari because you're leasing it and you're driving yourself into the ground in crazy debt. And you want to look cool. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Uh, All the all the people who actually have money and like we're doing we're doing a series better ask a millionaire. And I know I know this is like how it is. Like the people who have money don't have the Ferraris. They don't Mm -hmm. have the Porsches. They're not in the fancy clothes with the duck shoes and whatever like because they have confidence inside it doesn't have to be worn on their body so like yeah save yeah, they're, they're the, they're do two years and get like legit confidence don't fake it the confidence you know, I, it's intrinsic you know that's yeah. that's what it is it's not like the stuff you have or like the tastes you have i see a lot these days too it's it's really it comes from within that kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah. I look good in Target clothes, and I don't need, you know, I, I look good in anything <laughs> I wear, <laughs> so I ain't yeah. worried about that. I still get my, I still get the ladies, you know what I mean? Target hey, has some nice Thomas clothes. is wearing they the do. shirt that's on the front of his website, and he looks pretty confident. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally always <laughs> advertising Joel Runyon. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that he is appreciative of that. <laughs> you know, Impossible! There, <laughs> there is a, there's a phrase I want to use, but I, I'm trying to keep my profanity down uh, for your podcast. Man, let it fly. If this is like a good, if, if this is worth it, a good catchphrase that's you worth tell it. Me. Throw the F bomb in there, whatever, man. St- start the sentence with an F bomb. <laughs> it, it does. It starts with an F bomb. Just but say, I want, dude, I don't. All right, I say, fuck the Joneses. Now, see that that is a good yeah that's a good catchphrase okay that's see yeah you don't want to catch <laughs> I had so we have like this old ratty couch out in my living room and I still live with all my college roommates they're all still in school and I was like I'm pulling down more money now I'm like you know what I should do I should go out and buy a nice couch and a nice reclining so our, our living room will be legit and mm-hmm. you know it'll look like I think it should look I'm so glad I haven't gone out and done that one because my roommates would have destroyed it by now but two like yep. I wouldn't have been happy with it and I would have just been constantly worried that somebody was going to poke a hole in it or somebody's yeah, like kid exactly. was going to come over. You were talking you're pre- about your BMW, like after you drove off the parking lot. Um, well, you probably have a garage, but like, no. do you ever like worry? I mean, like, you have a nice car. You like you get out of it. And the moment you walk into your work, you're just like, shit, is somebody going to key my car or something like that? Uh, OK, so truth time. I bought the BMW. I had a, I had a Honda Civic for a while uh, before and I had it for five years. I was like a year away from paying it off. And I broke up with a girlfriend and I'm like, I need something. I need a consolation prize because it was it was a shitty, shitty relationship. Mm. So I needed something for myself. And I've always wanted a three series BMW. It's, it's my dream car. And it's not even that expensive, like in the scheme of like people in their dream cars. So I went out and bought it. And I was actually sad getting rid of my Honda because it it treated me like royalty for five years. It never broke down. I it was just a reliable car and i was sad when it when it when i got rid of it and did i worry all the time dude the first month i was driving it i was driving it in the dark on a highway and you know those tires that come off the big you know 18 wheelers Mm -hmm. they're just laying in the middle of the road until somebody picks them up yeah well i hit one of those dead on because it was dark and it smacked my fog light into the car and like cracked my bumper Two weeks later, I did the exact same thing on the opposite side of the car. Really? So now I'm left with no fog lights and, cr- and two sides of my bumper cracked within the, within a, two weeks of each other. Right. So I'm like, at that point, I'm like, well, screw it now. I'm like, I'm already just beat the shit out of this car. And then like another month after that, 
everything was stolen out of it. So, so and, and right in front of my house, I did not have a garage. It was just a condo with a parking lot. And I went yeah. out there the next morning, my sunglasses, my CDs, my iPod, and like all the change out of my, uh, you know, change jar was all gone. Yikes. And I'm like, okay, like, and I've got, and then you know what? Here's the other, here's the sad part about it. First time I ever got a speeding ticket, uh, $200 I, from going, I was driving behind a truck with no brake lights. I get into the right or left lane to pass him. I do 70 real quick in a 50 mile an hour highway. I do 70 to pass him, get right back in the right lane and slow down to 50 again. I get pulled over by a cop Ugh. as I'm doing 70 to pass this guy who is literally scaring the shit out of me because he has no brake lights. And the cop gives me a $200 ticket. And I'm like, dude, I can't pass a guy who's like doesn't have he doesn't have his brake lights. But not when you're a rich ticket. asshole with the BMW. <laughs> yup, that's what they do. They, they hunt down people with BMWs because and it's a kid in it, you know, like a young guy. So that car and and at the very end of owning it, I mean, I again, I, it was a lovely car. It went, it got great pickup and it was fun to drive. But I at the end of it, I went to go get uh, my I got a flat tire and I'm like, shit. OK, so I go to the tire my tire guy who I've gone to for years, trust him all the way. He goes, dude, you need all new tires. It's going to be a thousand dollars to replace them because they're run flats and they're low profile. And I'm like, are you kidding me? A thousand dollars for tires. I traded it in. I didn't get the new tires. I just traded it in, got my Civic, like a new Civic. And I've been happy for the last you know year and a half with it. And, and I would never go back to buying a BMW. Never. I don't think I'll ever do it. I've had like I had it for that time mm-hmm. and I'm fine with that and I can move on. And, you know, I maybe a different car, maybe a Tesla's next or a, I will I will happily <laughs> drive a Prius. Like I don't care if it has that stigma attached to it as being like a tree hugging hippie, whatever. I don't care. I want to save the environment and I want to save money on gas yeah. and, you know, whatever else, the, whatever other benefits go with a Prius. But yeah, but I, now I, that I you, think. Oh, now you have a Civic. You don't worry. I bet I'm betting. Nope. So don't worry about it. It's that I've never gotten a speeding ticket because it doesn't go, you know, doesn't speed up in point <laughs> uh, three seconds. Uh, you know, I don't it's I mean, it looks sporty. It's a black coupe. You know, it's only two doors, um, which is nice. It's a four cylinder. So I save a like I was spending sixty five to seventy dollars to fill up my tank every week with the BMW. Now I spend thirty five dollars every two weeks yep. uh, with the Civic. And I'm like, okay, it's not leather. It doesn't have heated seats, but it plays my iPod, and I'm happy with that. That's you know, the way it doesn't to have go. a sunroof, but I don't, you know, just you don't need it. You just don't need it. it mm-hmm. A car gets you from point A to point B and, with the same amount of comfort. So yep. the wanting is often much better than the having. Yep. Just yep. how it turns out. And I realized that like I was very, very materialistic. I was keeping up with the Joneses. My friends were getting new cars. My friends were buying houses. And I was the first to, you know, buy a really nice car. And I was the first to have a house, you know, out of my group of friends. So I was like and without a college degree. So I was like really like riding high, you know, <laughs> and raise the roof again. <laughs> yeah, raise the roof again. So and, and you know what? Then I like I, I finally realized, like, I don't like I don't like any of this. Like, mm-hmm. this is not what I want. Like, I'm kind of miserable at my job. My personal life sucks because, you know, uh, I don't know, just sucked because I had all this money. I had all this money that was just I didn't have it. I was living paycheck to paycheck. And I just knew I wanted to work for myself. And I don't know. That's where I ended up moving. I know we're not talking about that, but yeah, and just, just downgrade it. Got rid of my got rid of all my credit card debt and like worked my ass off to get rid of it. You know, I did a lot of extra side jobs to do that. Um, but 
you know, I was able to do it relatively fast, like you much faster than you think you can do it. Once you put yeah. your mind to something like you get shit done quick. That, and, yeah, with any goal, like yeah. when you're not really too into it, you, you it just looks impossibly huge. And then once you actually like take some time, really write down all the steps, figure it out and apply yourself to it. Mm-hmm. It's not so bad. Yeah. And now it's, it's so the opposite with my group of friends. It's like I'm the one that always has money can go out mm-hmm. and everyone else doesn't. I'm like, <laughs> wow, it's a change. It's different. I just flip the tables. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So I have one more question for you guys. Obviously, the Listen Money Matters podcast, you guys have what, 37 episodes now at this point? Yeah. So today, yeah. Um, you guys cover a lot of topics, uh, also have a lot of guests. So awesome personal finance for, uh, resource. When it comes to like books, what are your favorite books that you would recommend for personal finance and learning more about how to manage your money? Andrew, I'll just take that one, one, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me? Yeah, you're like, oh, we're both passing the baton. I, I haven't read much. I, I've read more like uh, technical stuff. Like, I think, Matt, you've read more like stuff like Remed and Get Rich Slowly. Yeah, so I've, I, I read, the first book I read was The Simple Dollar. Okay. That was the first book I, I bought when I just on like January 1st when I said, this is my year's resolution to get better with money. That was the book I bought. And then immediately after that, I bought um, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. Uh, and that was really good. That was a great book. Because okay. he spoke to me. Like he was speaking to me. He was like, don't be an idiot and do this. Be a smart guy and do this. And I'm like, ah, that resonates with me. I can understand this. <laughs> um, and it was about getting rid of debt and, and um, you know, invest simple investing tips and automating everything, which was great. And get, you know, mint and all that stuff. And uh, then he turned me on to get rich slowly, which is a blog that I've, I started reading. And then I get, wasn't, when I was in fizzle, Andrew had a personal finance blog and I actually started reading that. And then that's kind of how we teamed up. Cause I'm like, Hey, this is somebody that I should probably have on my side as I'm going through this financial change. And, you know, since I had the, you know, design skills or whatever, we kind of teamed up. But, um, besides that, I, I actually in the way, way in the past, I read a book called the automatic millionaire. Okay. Um, but that was like when I thought I wanted to become good with money. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, this book's boring as hell. <laughs> so I'm not recommending it. I have two copies of it because like they give it out to everybody who buys a house now. Okay. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just, you know, it's an old guy telling you telling me like a 25 year old at the time, you know, how to be better with money. And it's just like, I, you know, I kind of want somebody who's on my level to right. tell me, you know, and say, you know, and what I really liked about Ramit's book was he's like. Hey, man, if you like Starbucks coffee, drink Starbucks coffee. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like every like financial guy out there or guru or whoever you want to call him always said, like, you got to stop that Starbucks habit. You know, that's that's where all your money's going to these five dollar coffees every day. And Ramit's like, well, OK, but if you like Starbucks coffee, spend it. Don't like make yourself miserable. Yeah. You know? And that's what Find I like about Ramit. Make you happy. Like I, I will say, like Remy has a few things that get on my nerves. Like he makes fun of his readers a little too much in his emails. But <laughs> yeah, um, though, I really like Remy because a lot of the personal finance people take the low hanging fruit. I mean, if you want to start right. giving out personal finance information, the easiest thing to say is don't go to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I could say that to anybody. Yeah, but he's spending. the guy who's like, here are proven scripts that I used to make more money. Here you go. This right. took like thousands of hours of research to call together. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that's some good right. stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think the biggest uh, and, and, and as far as like personal finance stuff goes, I mean, 
I don't even listen to other personal finance podcasts, mainly because I don't want to sully the info. Like, I don't want to, like, get their get them in my head. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of like my show starts to emulate that. And I, I kind of want my show to be, you know, our show to be this this, I guess, diamond in the rough, if you could even if that's even the right phrase or not. But, um, you know, I, as far as like. I also read actually I read Caleb's pocket changed I, I, when I started. That was another. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he got rid of it, which I was like sad about. But mm-hmm. he was he was one of the, he was one of the guys because I was already in Fizzle, I think, or I or I was reading Think Traffic, so I knew of Caleb, and I started reading. And I signed up for Pocket Change. I got the you know the weekly emails, and I was reading his stuff for a while. And yeah, so that was good. I don't. I think he still has like his articles up on his website. Okay, but I'm not. Sh- I don't. It's not called Pocket Change anymore. But I, I, I'm sure if you typed in PocketChanged.com, you would find his stuff. You'd probably find it. Yeah, he's the yeah. DIY video guy now. Yeah, now he's doing videos and stuff. Which so Andrew, uh, is your blog still up, or are you kind of like merged into the Listen Money Matters at this point? It was Listen Money Matters. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you were like, so you guys like started the podcast on top of your blog. Correct. So I, I started it January uh, 2013. I think I met Matt in August or something. Yeah, August. And uh, the way I see it is I could own 100% of a grape or 50% of a watermelon. Okay. And Matt Matt is uh, brilliant in the things that he is brilliant in. And uh, <laughs> what, is so, that? what are those things? <laughs> those, those are things that I'm Ladder not brilliant in, which is why it works. Uh, he's, he's great with design. He has awesome ideas. Um, yeah. He brings he brings so much to the blog when he writes and the podcast when he talks, which is almost all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell? <laughs> so, uh, so, so it worked out. And like, yeah, we just we split it half half podcast i think started in what like september or uh even later november yeah november november and it's just been rocketing like the blog has been growing pretty solid but the podcast like yeah the podcast is the way to go and you know Mm -hmm. it's funny because uh for the since we started in november we've done one podcast a week every monday we have a new episode like this monday we had a new episode which is today and we had this wacky idea to start doing uh, in May. We were going to do 31 episodes in a row. So every single day, a new episode's coming out with guests. With We're going to do a series called uh, Better Know a Millionaire, which is a takeoff of uh, Colbert's Better Know a District. Okay. Uh, we're we're t- doing uh, segments called This Financial Life, which is stolen from This American Life. <laughs> we have great ideas, but they're not original. <laughs> so, uh, That's okay. All all ideas are combinatory thinking. Yeah. That's what I learned it, from Einstein. So. What's it? Great artists borrow? Uh, yeah, great artists steal with both hands. That's what it is. <laughs> and I read that and I was like, I don't feel so bad anymore. Yeah, yeah. I learned that when I was writing music. It was like great artists borrow and shitty artists steal or something. I don't know what it was. But um, yeah, so in May, we're going to do 31 episodes in a row of just pure personal finance gold. And then starting in June, five days a week from as long as we can keep this podcast going. Really? Okay. Yes. Yeah. It is an ambitious task, but we are like now that the pod like we, we are seeing like the podcast has been tremendous and because we're, we're actually like speaking to people and they're speaking back to us, which mm-hmm. we were not able to convey through blog posts. I mean, we did OK, but I feel like the podcast we can get it's so much more uh, personal. Right. And there's so much more like give and take and feedback that's coming from the audience. So 
uh, we want to provide more. We just want to do it. And we want to do it all the time. It's it's fun to talk. I love talking. I could talk all day. I mean, I work great guests on. They're like super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have uh, from Get Rich Slowly. We're going to have J.D. Roth on soon. Um, Like I said, we're going to interview millionaires and find out like what makes them tick. You know, we don't want to know how they start their business or anything. We just want to know, you know, what do they do with their money? How do they manage it? What you know, how do they think about money? You know, those sorts of things I find interesting and talking to real people who have money issues like, you know, just um, we're having uh, two of my friends are coming on and they're just going to spill their financial portfolio and we're going to find ways live on the air, you know, how they can fix it. So we That's encourage awesome. people to, to, to contact us so that we can have them on the show and ask questions via email and just, you know, build a content that way and like really have a connection with our audience. That's what we're looking to do. Awesome. So obviously people can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, iTunes and Stitcher, yeah. Cool. Mostly iTunes, though. And then if people want to connect with you on social networks kind of stuff, where can they find you? Uh, so we have a Facebook account, which is facebook.com slash listenmoneymatters. We have Twitter, which is at moneymattersman. We have Pinterest, uh, which is Listen Money Matters. Pinterest. So many dresses and wedding cakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on Pinterest all the time, though. I can't I can't make fun it, of it. It's fun. I don't care what anybody says. I love it's Pinterest. Uh, we're not on Instagram, but uh, we have our website, listenmoneymatters.com. And you can subscribe to our show by going to listenmoneymatters.com slash show. And, of course, you can find us on iTunes if you just type in Listen Money Matters or Personal Finance or Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman <laughs> or, right. or Jim Cramer. You can type in any of those guys and we come up. Um, and, uh, yeah, Stitcher is another place you can find us if you don't have an iPhone or you don't like using iTunes. Apparently, uh, there's a lot of people who are anti-iTunes out there, so uh, there's Stitcher for that. Yeah, I use Pocket Casts. Which I, I think it goes through the iTunes uh, directory, but it's like an app that's I like it way more than the i oh, like yeah. the iPodcast or whatever they have app. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's really nice. Cool, awesome. Well, man, this is I think this has been one of the longest episodes, but it's, <laughs> oh, no. it was oh, really no. fun, <laughs> and I can't wait to get it published. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having us on, man. Yeah, man, it's fun. Cool. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, if you made it this far into the podcast, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Matt and Andrew. I really enjoyed having a discussion with them, and I definitely would love to have them back on the podcast sometime in the future. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, you can check out their podcast, as I said, at listenmoneymatters.com. Subscribe to that if you want to learn more about personal finance, all the nitty gritty details that we didn't mention in uh, this episode with our limited time. Also, I think they mentioned their book, Mastering Mint. Uh, you can find that at masteringmint.com. And they told me that if you are interested in getting the book, there is a coupon code college info geek, and you can get five bucks off the book. So if you're interested in learning how to really use mint to nail your budget down and be on top of your finances, that's an option for you. Uh, once again, this has been the college info geek podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Tom frankly, ask questions. Uh, Martin and I want to do a question and answer podcast again very soon. So if you have questions about personal finance, about internships, jobs, careers, college classes, whatever, email them to me, thomas at collegeinfogeek.com, or you can tweet them to me. We would love to do another Q&A episode very soon. Also, if you like this episode and you're enjoying the podcast, let me know. Leave a review and rating on iTunes. Definitely appreciate your input and Uh, As always, have an awesome day. This is finals week, so summer's starting. Have an awesome summer as well. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. 
grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.